That's right, everyone. Welcome back to the Principles of Fitness podcast, where we acknowledge some of the hidden authorities in the fitness industry. So I want to start you all off with a quote from Tony Robbins. Knowledge isn't power. It's potential power. Execution trumps knowledge any day of the week. And man, that really resonates with me because I feel like we can go to as many certifications as possible, study as much as we possibly can. But unless we execute, we will never reach our true potential. And the same thing goes for our clients. If our clients don't execute, then they will never reach their true potential either. Now, my next guest, I feel, is the embodiment of execution. He is the owner of the Fitness Never Sleeps Training Center located in Santa Clara, California. He is also a Nike master trainer as well as a keynote speaker for several health and fitness conferences that take place each year around the country. If you haven't heard of him, his name is Brian Nunez, and he is aiming to connect people to their passion, purpose, and potential at the FNS Training Center. Brian and I have a great conversation about the culture and core values that he has established at his gym and why that has contributed greatly to his success. We also talk about how adversity in his life has brought out a grit that drives him every day to lead his athletes to the top of their game. I ask him how he overcomes the fear of failure and uses that fear to make himself better. It's really an amazing conversation with such an authentic and inspiring person, so I hope you enjoy this episode with Brian Nunez. I'm super excited and incredibly humbled to be here in uh, your training center, the Fitness Never Sleeps Training Center in Santa Clara, California. That's correct. Man, this place is better than I could have ever dreamed. It is so immaculate and so amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about the FNS Training Center? Yeah, so um, in a nutshell... Um, I'll explain a little bit what the FNS Training Center is all about. It stands for Fitness Never Sleeps, which was a, a phrase um, that started years ago, probably over a decade, which me and my buddy would just always just say it, Fitness Never Sleeps. It first kind of started off as a working out type of, uh, type of phrase. Um, but as it evolved, uh, yeah, I'd seen so much fitness. Fitness traditionally is used so much more in physical exercise, right? And, um, and Fitness Never Sleeps really represents being fit on all aspects, uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually connected with others from a giving perspective. I mean, it's being fit in every aspect of your life. And, um, and we, what we do here is we, uh, on, the, on the practical side, we meet with people, we go through a deep goal coaching with them, uh, spend time with them on nutrition, and then on the movement piece. So it's really based off of three main pillars, mind, meals, and movement. Mind being the most important thing. Um, you know, you, you eat based on the type of mood that you're in, right? And the way you think and you move according to that as well. So, you know, we're really in the, we're not in the gym business. Um, as we say it all the time, we're in the business of human connection. And really what we do, our mission here at FNS is we connect people. We connect people to their passion, purpose, potential, and other like-minded people. So at the essence of really who we are and what we're about, it's that mission. It's an incredible mission, Brian. I know we talked a little bit earlier, um, about how there's an application process for people to become athletes at Fitness Never Sleeps Training Center. Can you talk a little bit about how that application process started? Yeah, so the application process was a big thing for us. Um, and, you know, one of the things I, I learned from going through a lot of conferences and going through a lot of, um, you know, I do it like, much like yourself, go through a lot of continuing education, a lot of personal development stuff. And when I was seeing a lot of these things was I was always getting, you know, I realized this, you know, four years ago, there's always an application process, right? And the application process was really kind of like, it was two things. One, to see how serious you were about wanting to be a part of that program um, or that seminar. And the second part was to make sure that they were working with the right type of people that um, they were looking for, their ideal clients. And so really the same thing was for us. And this is built, Cam, 
not as a gym, it's built as a team. And so I took this concept, I've had sports my entire life, from you know, baseball early on to football to the end of my college uh, career. And, and what it really was, the most important thing about a team is having the right people on the team, right? People who speak the same language, people who have the same value system, people who live by the same code and ethos. And so for us, it became really important that we are finding the right and ideal athletes, as we call every single person here in athletes, that were going to be the best fit, that was going to be the best home for them and the best home for us with the people that we were here supporting. So when they go through that process, it's really more about the way they operate, um, the values that they have, their commitment level. Are they in to just rush the process and lose you know, 10 pounds in five days? Or are they really serious about making this part of their lifestyle and something sustainable? And so those are the type of people that obviously we're looking for, people that are humble, people that are we-minded, not me-minded. And, uh, and throughout this process, we get a chance to make sure that it's a win-win situation for not just the athletes, but for us as well as coaches. And how did this start in the beginning? Was this something you guys did initially when you opened up the training center, or was it something that was learned over time? Definitely something learned over time. You know, when you first get started, um, when you first get started, we're, we're, we are much different. Um, I really feel our culture now, it was like our culture before we started, before I opened FNS, before um, I'd created this. It was, I, worked in a, I worked in a health club before, which was very dead, so to speak. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of energy there. There wasn't a lot of camaraderie. There wasn't a lot of teamwork. And, um, and I created this program called Junkyard Gym. And it was basically outside, and it was all tools that the only rule was you couldn't use any inside equipment, like just junk. I mean, we're talking milk crates, uh, <laughs> like trash. Like I literally went dumpster diving to find pieces of equipment. Oh, right? my gosh. And we had this, I mean, caution tape, you name it. It was just nothing from inside, and it was so powerful because we'd have, you know, 30 people outside training and then this, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, high-end gym. Nobody was inside using the equipment. It was that people wanted to be connected. People wanted to, to, to train together. They didn't care what equipment they had. They just wanted that, that synergy. So on the application side, when we first started, and we, we didn't have it. It was kind of like, we just need people in here. I mean, it's scary. You open up a business. It's like sink or swim, you know? And so, you know, we, we, we had Groupons. We were like, anybody who, could, who wanted to come in, please come in. Like, we need bodies. And... Uh, and I see a lot of stuff in our industry on the marketing saying, oh, these warm bodies, get X amount of people in, get people in there fast. But people don't realize that's a problem. That's a short-term, that's a short-term gain and a long-term pain. Because if those people are just coming in, but they're not aligned to your value system, they're not aligned to your culture, well, then what happens is that y you, you don't really have control as far as, as far as the energy and the environment experience. And so, um, and that drastically changed. I think our culture... Our culture drastically shifted when we did that because when we had that application process is now we were we knew exactly who our ideal client was. We knew exactly the type of person that we were trying to serve. Um, and, and in business, that's what you need to know, right? It's, you know, you can't be all things to everybody. That's the quickest way to fail is be all things to everyone. You're not going to go anywhere. But know who's the type, who's the people you serve um, and, and, and make sure that you make it very clear and articulate that message to people when they come in. And some people come in, they respect us more for standing for something as opposed to wheeling and dealing and making deals with people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely working for you. I, I love seeing that uh, 
that wall that you guys have downstairs. What is it again? The Y wall. The Y wall. The Y wall, and then you've got the uh, kind of the success wall. Um, what prompted you to start both of those? So that was a really important, it was a really important part of our experience. And when we look at every aspect of our training center, we look, what we look at is we, ha we have a formula about the way we do things. And the first of us, how do we, how do we maximize this experience? And every, every room that you walk in must match a certain, um, live to a certain experience standard. And, and with that is the first and most important thing we look at from a goal perspective is what's the emotional goal? What's the emotional goal? When you walk into the lobby, you should feel like this, right? So if somebody walks in off the street, we want them to feel instantaneously connected. They should feel instantly connected to our athletes, to the team, to a feeling of, man, this is, places, this is a place of inclusivity. This is a place that feels safe. This is a place where it's not just about this person did this the fastest, the most here, the most this. It's a place that everybody feels as one. And the why wall is important is, is because everybody has a story. We've got over 600 athletes here at this facility, and they are, that's 600 different goals that people have, but yet they all want the same thing. They all want to be better. They all want to be coached. Um, they all want to be supported, and they all want to support others as well. Now, the only way teammates, just like in sports, or members of our training facility can do that is if they know, is if I know what, Cam, your goals are. If I know why this is important to you, I can instantly connect with you. Yeah. And if that's our mission, how are we bridging the gaps for people to connect with themselves, with other athletes, and with a bigger mission about what we're trying to accomplish? So the why wall is great because when they're in that lobby, they can say, oh, my God, I never knew Cam. This is really important to Cam. Now I'm in class. It's unspoken. I don't even have to say anything, but I'm connected with you without saying anything. Yeah. And the success wall is important for us is because it, 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 broke, the, it broke the mold on um, just a lot of stuff we see in the industry, which is really success is geared around fastest results you know you know or the most results in the fastest amount of time right which you ask any coach you know the faster you get results the faster you can lose those results right and anything Absolutely. that you get that's that's quick and cheap doesn't last i mean whether it's a, a backpack or losing 10 pounds right it's it's owning the process and um, is really, that's what we acknowledge. And so nobody, we have this big success wall. Nobody goes on that wall until they've earned, they've earned it, which is for us earning, it means they've maintained and sustained uh, success for a minimum of one year. And it's really powerful for them and for us is they get a chance, they put their, they put their picture up, their clipboard up on the wall, and it's their legacy. That's one big thing, uh, me personally, I'm huge on is legacy, right? It's, it's, it's legacy on the day-to-day, -day. You, you legacy on, on a micro level, legacy on a macro level. How are you walking into a situation and making it better, better after you left it by being there, right? And that's their body, right? They're, it's better than it was before. It's this environment. It's this community. And so um, there's a lot more deeper messages than to just, oh, put someone's success on the wall. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a powerful story. When you look on that wall, we're not a weight loss we're not a one type thing facility is that if you look at that wall, some people have lost over 150 pounds and some people, another person's goal was they ran a race. Another person's goal is, you know, they're working out twice a week. That's why we have this saying, define your fit. It's not for me to say what success is for you. It's not my job to tell you what it is actually as a coach. My job isn't to tell you what your goals are. 
my job is just to support the hell out of you by motivating you, guiding you, and educating you, uh, and supporting you to making those happen. Man, that's awesome. Uh, just sitting here with you, I feel such a presence and such a, like, there's a powerful energy coming from you. And, I mean, it, you can see it translates over to, you know, the members and your staff. How has your upbringing made you who you are today? Oh, man. We might go a couple hours on this question. <laughs> um, you know, it's everything. Uh, my, my upbringing is everything. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a naturally very introverted, uh, introverted person growing up. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, it's, it, it's, um, but you know, there's a lot of powerful things that happen. And, and in short is your, you know, your, your, your struggle is your strength. And I, I, I came from a background where we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, you know, I played sports, I played sports as an athlete. I played sports all throughout since I was eight years old. Till I was in the college, and that was really, and that was really what kept me grounded. That was really what kept me, um, that, that allowed me to be more assertive. That allowed me to really express. Was, I always call sports and football. Why I love football so much is it was like my alter ego. I could be all the things on the field that I just didn't feel like I was in real life. I could be aggressive and assertive and take chances and risk, but I didn't feel like that personally. It was like two different people. Yeah. So um, and I had a lot of struggles. I, uh, my parents got divorced at a young age. Um, which is a very volatile relationship. Um, so that taught me a lot about the power of relationship, power of communication, why that's so important, which is something that, that wasn't modeled um, very effectively at a young age. So I was just very, I was very alone. I kept a lot of things to myself. I, I never, I'll never forget, I was in, it was in third grade. Quick story to where I'm at now, why this is so powerful, is I got made fun of from a group presentation when I was in the third grade by my, by my teachers, by my teacher and the classmates. It was like the most, I, I did really bad on this project and it was like, it was kind of one of those laughing things. And from there, I was like, I'm never speaking in public ever again. Like, I'm never talking in front of them. And it's, these things scar you, right? And, um, and so if you had told me then, or even in high school, that I would be speaking in public or keynotes or doing this type of stuff, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. But, but, at a, but I knew that I always wanted to help people. I, I just had this, I had this thing in my, I had this feeling in my heart. I wanted to help people. And for a long time, I thought the best way to do that is to be a firefighter. And, um, and so after I was done with college and played football, um, I went through fire academy and I got my EMT and did all that. And I was doing through personal training. I witnessed a lot of struggle still uh, on the family side of my stepdad. And, um, and when I was 23 years old, my stepdad committed suicide. Oh, um, one of the most selfless pers- people I've ever met, known in my entire life. Amazing role model. But he wasn't connected to himself. He he gave so much to others, but he just he wasn't very connected to himself. And as I was Sorry personal training, no, I appreciate it, man. Um, and as I'm personal training, and this stuff happens, you know, these things they're all part of your story, right? That's all part of destiny. I truly believe. And it just and it just uh, it really inspired me, you know, because I felt I'd, I'd suffered with you know being depressed at times, not being connected. Who was I after I was done playing football? Who the hell am I? Like. What am I going to talk to people about? I mean, the only conversation I had with my parents and my aunts and uncles was about sports. How's this going? I'm like, dude, what are we going to talk about? I don't even know what to like, what conversations we're going to have. And I just didn't know myself. So, um, so I got a chance to move away. I lived out of the country for seven months and I came back and I just, I really focused on what was most important to me, my values. Like what are, what are the things that I value the most? And as these things happen in life, you know, about 
you know, for me, it was about really serving others and about lighting this fire within because I'd, I'd gone through it myself. I'd seen it firsthand so close to home with a family member. And so, you know, as I'm topping class, going through the fire school, um, I just, I made this pivot. And I said, you know, not my, my passion and my purpose is to proactively help people. You know, I always wanted to help people. But now I realize it's, I'm getting a little bit closer sharpening and saying it's to proactively help people. And so, um, and then I made the switch. I didn't know, I didn't know how this career worked. I didn't, had no desire or, or I always want to be a, a trainer, performance coach. But for me, it was just about, is I've, I, as I continue to dig deeper, as I continue to really dig deeper than myself, un- uncover and be honest and share all the vulnerabilities and things that I've had in my story, it helps me become more clear on my purpose. And um, those things are, were tough to talk about for a long time. I'd suppress them, suppress them. And, but now I know what my mission is. It's to connect people um, to their passion, purpose, and potential. And so, so, so much of, you know, I, we talk, I talk about this all the time. Your story is your strength, you know. Um, you've got to use adversity to your advantage. And when you are willing to go deep and uncover a lot of those things that are just within yourself, you know, life, life really becomes a whole lot different. I appreciate you sharing that story with me, Brian. I mean, that's, I love when people are authentic and when I can go deep with someone immediately. And I mean, you can see how you, you've just helped so many people through your story. And I mean, it's an incredible journey that you've been on. I mean, it's amazing. Um, it. So you wanted to become a firefighter and you kind of had a pivot. Did you see yourself owning a gym? Like, where was the progression to get to this spot? Yeah, I had, I had no idea, no desire. Um, you know, I was, I was, to be honest with you, I, I was pretty much in the moment. Um, I, did a, I did some stuff on goal setting. I've always been really pa- passionate about setting goals. Um, but I was always just a little hesitant, dreaming, you know, dreaming crazy big. I just never saw that model. I'm from a very small town. You know, when I grew up, I, you know, I'd, I'd witnessed my family going through two bankruptcies. You know, one of my parents were married, then my parents got remarried, saw it again. So, you know, an entrepreneur model was not at all what I'd seen growing up. So the thought of owning a business, running a business, I wasn't a business major. And I went into school for kinesiology um, because I felt, okay, well, I like doing this. It seems fun. And I want to be a firefighter. Like, so that was just set. But what happened was it became, um, what became when I started becoming a personal trainer, and I was having a lot of success, and I made that pivot, say, this is what I'm gonna do full-time. I was having a lot of success in the health club um, as a personal trainer, and I loved it. I was, I, it was like free, I would, and I could travel all around, and my clients, I didn't have to answer to anybody at that point because I, it was basically just, I was just working for my clients. And full-time schedule, and I was seeing you know, 12 clients a day. I was young, I didn't have, wasn't married, no kids, no major responsibilities, so I could just work, um, work, train, and travel. And it was great. And then, you know, I got approached, hey, we want you to be the fitness director. And I was like, no way. Why would I give this up? This is, I'll do this forever. You yeah. know, <laughs> God, this is the greatest gig ever. And, uh, and so I said, you know what? It's, this would be a good leadership, leadership uh, challenge for me. And so I took on that role and had a lot of successes as, um, as a fitness director. And so what happened was um, throughout the time of just gaining more confidence, having a lot more success, dealing with people, leading people, um, not just not just athletes, but staff as well. I was just getting a lot of I was getting a lot of flack from higher um, 
like upper management, corporate. You're working too many hours. You know, you can't work 15 hours a day, you know, and, and and I'm thinking to myself like, man, I'm in the commercial setting. I'm not, I'm not at all getting the benefit of the doubt here and I'm aware of that, you know? For me to make X amount of money, I have to do like 24 hours in a day basically. Yeah. And so I just kept getting these roadblocks, roadblocks, which it just didn't make sense. And so, because we were just producing at such a high level. And so then it, 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 it ins- you know, I was like, well, what, what can I do next? Like maybe I can just do, you know, people say you should do your own thing, you open up your own thing. And I don't have, I don't squat about business. You know, and I'm not the most intellectual person when it comes to like, oh, this brainiac on stuff. I'm a 900 SAT guy. This is before the change, so I'm not as uh, as as bad as it seems. But I, I just, I was not. I'm not. I'm not the books guy. I, I wasn't. I'm a people person, and so um, I can connect with people. And so, anyways, it just became it became kind of forced, you know, into this like, hey, forced into being in a position that I had to make a movie that aligned with my values. What's really important for me is, is being free, you know, or having the freedom of choice. That's a big part of, of my personal values. And just, you know, I want all the responsibility on myself, the good, the bad, but I want it to fall on, on my hands. And, um, and so it became out of just kind of, you know, and then eventually I, I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give this thing a shot. I'll try it out. And uh, I didn't know squat about business insurance. And luckily I had some, good clients and good mentors and now business partner from very early on on the way mentor me a lot uh, to do what they do best and for me to for me to do what I do best and so but you know it's just amazing when you just go with the flow and you just really listen to the signs you know I, I really feel you can call you know depending if you're religious you can call it God or, or spiritual the universe is is putting you on this path and um, I just had to ride it I just had to ride this wave of going with it taking chances taking risk and so um and I think I honestly think if I had been more supported, if I had been more supported in, in, in my current job as far as saying Brian, if, if my boss at the time said Brian, do whatever you want, you're, you guys are crushing it, you're killing it, just do whatever you want. I don't think we'd be sitting here today. I don't think FNS would be here today. I don't think that I would have nearly the amount of impact, being forced to be in a complete, like rock bottom starting a career state uh, than that. So I'm truly blessed. You know, in hindsight, looking back, of of because uh, it was part of a bigger plan. Yeah. So, you make this moment, you make this uh, this decision. Like, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do this. How many people did you start off with? We started off with about 30 people, um, and then it you know grew pretty quick to about you know 50 people. We had some momentum, and it was me and one other person who was more just who was more supporting on the operation side, and. Uh, you know, front desk, admin, things like that. And then it was me just running every single class and classes. It was like, great. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do. I want to train all day. I want to work with clients. So, yeah, when we first started, it was, it was, yeah, just about, you know, within the first couple of months, I would say about, yeah, 30, 45 people. Not a lot. Wow. And now there's 600 athletes a part of FNS. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a, uh, we've got a family of, of over 600 athletes. And so it's, uh, so it's and we know them all. We connect with them all. We sit down with every single one of them. Go through their goal setting, and uh, and it's you know the family, the tribe just keeps getting bigger, which is great. What was this like for you branching off to do your own thing? Were you nervous? Were you apprehensive to do this? Were you afraid of failing? Um, you know, I think all those things are definitely in the back of your head. And if you're not, if you don't feel those things, if you don't feel nervous, if you don't feel feel afraid of failing. Um, if you don't have that pressure, then 
then don't even get, don't even remotely even try it because that's the, that's the type of fuel that you need to get your ass in gear. And that's what it was for me. I had no other choice, Cam. I, did, I, had, I had to go to the city. I don't know what I, what I talked about the city. I had to figure things out. I had to, um, and somebody had told our, and somebody had even told, uh, one of the members there told uh, my boss at the time, hey, Brian's gonna be opening up his gym. And I was immediately fired. Oh, shit. Right? And um, so imagine you, like, okay, I got the plan set. Things are going. I'm, I'm kind of learning along the way. And you've got about two and a half, three months before you're about to even, like, just get people in. It's not done, but you can get people in. Boom. Fired, right? No place to train. And that was a very humbling experience because three months is a long time when you're training people. And then it's like, they got to move on. They don't say, oh, I'll take a three-month break. I mean, some people may want like that, but yeah. for the majority of people that, that are, you know, proactively like this is their life, they didn't want that. So it was tough, you know. So I, some clients came back, some I lost because I, I needed them to continue to be training. I didn't, I couldn't expect them to wait around. So, so I was, I was nervous. I was, um, but I was nervous, excited, and it's, and it's one thing that, um, you know. A coach told me a long time is when you stop having those butterflies in your stomach is the times that you, the times that you know you need to hang it up or you need to stop doing it. So whenever I have that feeling, you know, to this day, um, it doesn't matter if I'm coaching a class or I'm giving a speech. I have those butterflies, and it's and if it's one person, if it's fifty people, if I'm talking in front of a thousand people, those butterflies are a good thing because it means I care. It means I really care to give my best experience, and so that that really fueled me. Um, that fear that just kind of this is going to work out. But what I did was when, you, you know, it's the unknown. I'm happening into the unknown. It's uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know certain things that are to be truth. I knew I know my strengths. I knew that I was very growth minded. I knew that I was very open to feedback. I knew that I was very resilient. I knew that I have a high AQ adversity quotient. When things get tough, that's when I feel I thrive the best. Um, like that. So for me, it was saying, and what we focus on with a lot of our athletes is focus on your strengths. Identify your obstacles. I had a lot of obstacles. I had 10,000 obstacles. But if I focused on those every single day, I would never move anywhere. So I focused on my strengths every single day, and every single day I would may have one win, one win, one win, one win, one win, and those wins start to add up. I wasn't trying. I couldn't build Rome overnight. I couldn't build a FNS overnight, right? And so, um, but I'm, but. Just like it is, I have the same feelings, Cam, six and a half years ago as I have to this exact day that I'm in right now. And the day that I feel comfortable is the day that I'm screwed. Yeah. Is the day that I, I need to sell it, get out of it, quit, because somebody who has more fire, more passion, more to prove will crush me in two seconds. And, uh, and that's where that's the edge, right? It's that competitor's edge. I think that's what we take from sports, as you know, right? Being a competitor, the day you think you got it won, you got it figured out is the day that the person who's a little bit hungrier than you are, you know, makes their move. And so, um, so yeah, I, I would say the same thing, the same exact feelings I have then, and so, and and to be honest with you, maybe more now, because I have a daughter who's four years old, I have a a, a wife to support, I have eighteen people on staff to support and make sure that they are going to be in an environment that allows them to thrive. And I think about their kids, you know, are their kids going to be set up and go to the right schools and get a college education and put food on the table. So this pressure of 
you know, okay, we got it now, it becomes, it, it becomes even more. But I think that's with more pressure, you know, no diamonds, no pressure, right? No pressure, no diamonds. And Absolutely. so, you know, the bigger the diamond, the bigger the pressure. And so I think by accepting that, wanting that every single day, um, I know that's the only way I can grow. Stress is a great thing. Yeah. Stress is, this, and so it's uh, using stress to, to our strength and advantage is um, something I gotta lean on every day. So it seems like being an athlete, you're, you're super competitive. Is that what drives you right now? Is that what motivates you, that competitive atmosphere, that competitive drive inside you? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely competitive to, you know, and I don't want to sound cliche, but it, it's true. I, I, I was, I used to be competitive at times where I would, I would be competing against other people. I would be competing against, um, different, not just people, you know, on the field and outside of, then outside of work, you're competing with different people. They're doing this. I got to do this. They're doing this. I got to do this. And that's so draining. You know, that's, that's beyond draining because they're doing what they're doing because it's tied to their value system. It's tied to what's really important to them. And usually when we try to copy or do what somebody else does, it doesn't work out the same, right? Um, because they have a story. You know, just like I have a story about why, why it's so important for me to be a connector, to focus on that mission for us because I've got a very, you know, powerful story for myself. So on the competition side is it's, it's competing against, I think I'm competing against time. And I think that's the biggest stage of that where I'm at in life is I'm competing against time. And why, what, so what's, what am I competing against time with? Well, because I'm, I'm competing that I, I want to get to a, a legacy. Um, and that's why every day, every moment, every opportunity is so important. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to die. I could die tomorrow, right? And, and so I'm not saying it's live each day if it's your last, but I mean, the reality is I could die tomorrow, right? Like, how am I going to leave this place better than it was before? Leave somebody's life better than it was before? So I'm competing... I'm competing, in, I'm competing against attention. I'm competing against distractions. And a lot of those are so self-inflicted, right? It's not, if I focus on the distractions that, that are in front of me as opposed to all the you know, shit that you're doing, like, I already lost. Yeah. That's a double loss because I already have my own distractions to deal with, right? And so, um, and I think a lot of that comes with, with experience. I think that a lot of that comes uh, just learning. I think that a lot of that comes from being very, I used to be very brute force. I'll out-muscle this thing. I'll out-work this thing. And, uh, and that doesn't work. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that leader, you know? And, and I think my daughter really changed me on that. It keeps me a lot, makes me a lot more compassionate yeah. and patient, um, which is two of the biggest qualities any leader really needs. No, absolutely. And it's... It's, you're a good role model for her, it being so compassionate. Did anybody ever doubt your abilities to get FNS to where it is today? Um, yeah, I think you're always going to have people. Um, you're, doubters, in, doubters in every situation, where you could be uh, you know, talking to somebody at the coffee shop, you know, and then for, most time, for most people, the biggest doubters are the ones closest to home, right? It could be their mom, their dad. Uh, their husband, their wife, their best friend, you know, oh, it's a good idea, but this, but this, you know, what about this? Yeah, it's too tough. You know, statistics, you know, you know, only 1% of businesses are, are afloat after, you know, 5% of businesses are, are, are alive after five years, only 1% are alive after 10 years. And if you keep worrying about the stats, if you keep worrying about these people who don't think the same way that you do, they're not bad people, right? They're not like, oh, you're a, 
you're a loser or you don't think a certain way, like you're a bad person. It's just, that's just not, they just don't have the same mindset towards you, right? So you got to be able to, to filter that. And so, and it's the same way where I was then. It's the same way that I'm at now. Anytime that you talk big dreams to people about you wanting to accomplish something big, there will always be those people who try to distract you. There will always be those people who try to discourage you. And sometimes they're not intentionally trying to do it. They think that they're looking out for your best interest, mm-hmm. right? But they're feeding you facts and numbers. You know, it's to your benefit. You know, but at the end of the day, you, you, you're going to have to pull the trigger. You're going to have to find out for yourself. Because if one person, if one person out there is doing it, right? Like if Tony Robbins is doing it, it's possible. Yeah. Right. If you know the Todd Durkins of the world are doing it, it's possible. If the Mark Cubans of the world are doing it, it's possible. So that's all I need to see is that it's possible. Um, and and then you start to surround yourself by uh, people who embrace the freaking crazy ideas. You know, who just you're in a room and they're thriving off of like the crazier the better. Almost you're trying to up, up each other on like you know, these ideas. And so um, I think that becomes a big thing is just to surround yourself. I don't think it's just to surround yourself with people who are like-minded. When it comes to growth, when it comes to really taking it to another level, is surrounding yourself with people who you aspire to be like. Um, Because sometimes if you're in a certain state where you're just getting started, right? Like say I'm just getting started on health and fitness and I want to get in shape. I want to surround myself with other like-minded people. Well, my mindset may be like, I want to sit on the couch and like watch Game of Thrones. Like, I probably shouldn't hang around those type of people. Yeah. Right. I'm getting started. I need to surround myself with people who I aspire to be like, who are like working out five times a week, eating healthy, thinking positively, supporting people. Um, so you've got to know where you're at and you've got to know where you want to get to. And then what people are playing in that space, surround yourself with them. And you know, 99.9% of the time, they'll, they'll, they'll take you in with open arms as long as you're doing all the things that you say that you want. Yeah. And you've brought those people together through your values. You've mentioned them um, a couple times already. Can you talk to us about your values? What are your, your personal values and the values that you've brought to uh, Fitness Ever Sleeps? Yeah. So when we, re- when we redid our values a few years ago, I really had a, uh, really had a, you know, hard look in the mirror. Um, long talk with myself, did a lot of writing, did a lot of drilling. And, and it was like, I sat down, Brian, what are the things that are most important to you? Is it, what's the one, is it one thing? Is it two things? Is it 10 things? Is it five things? Like, what are the things that if somebody looks at you and if you were to ask 50 people or a hundred people who know you don't know, you see from the outside that they would say, this is what this guy stands for and be this person, live it. And number one is to be authentic, um, be open and honest. That's my number one core value is that my, my only interest, um, is, to serve people is the interest of others. Um, that's part of that's part of my purpose. That's part of my mission is just to be real, just to be honest. So don't sell don't sell people some bullshit snake oil that you know that you can you can make a sale off their vulnerability, but you know they ain't gonna stick with it. That's yep. not being honest, right? Or authentic. Um, number two is playing with passion. You know the two things that you control is attitude and effort, and it doesn't take it doesn't take any skill it doesn't take any you know certain amount of knowledge to be the most enthusiastic person in the room it doesn't matter or, or, or to be the most enthusiastic person in whatever you're doing if you're mowing the lawn be excited about mowing the lawn and having <laughs> being grateful you get a chance to mow a lawn right and you know it's not on dirt right if you're with people be excited to be in their presence um 
be, be passionate. And it's not just, you know, this grandiose. Just be passionate on the day-to-day things that you're doing. Enjoy it. Be grateful you get a chance to do it. Number three is practice what you preach. You know, you know don't talk about it. Be about it. Um, if, you want it if you want to see change in others, live the change yourself. And number four is consistent communication. And that's... And why that's a big value for me is like what I talked about is, you know, witnessing very volatile relationships growing up and seeing one of the biggest reasons why it was so bad was lack of communication. And I've witnessed it on teams. I witnessed it in my, in my family. I've witnessed it in my parents through divorce. Um, is that communication. And the consistent communication isn't just with others. It's consistently communicating within yourself, asking yourself questions. Why do you feel this way? Like, be obsessed with communications. All problems, Cam, I believe, are solved and are solved and and caused by communication, either lack thereof or you fix it, right? But it starts with the communication. You're not quite sure. You don't ask a question. Time builds. And the last core value of mine is to protect my family. It's, um, you know, protect each other. And no matter who that is, whether that's, whether that's my personal family, my parents, my, my wife, my daughter, our staff, our athletes, anybody that I'm in contact with, you, you know, that's part of my network is protect your tribe, protect your, protect your family. And, you know, anybody that knows me, they know that I don't do one thing. They'll, they'll know that, and I'm very firm on this, and when they start, uh, when they start doing it, I walk out of the room where I say, you all know that I'm not a part of this, is I, I hate gossiping more than mm. anything. And it's a very big, important value um, because I've, uh, because I've been a bully at young times in my life where I saw the effect of that with people at a young age. I've also been on the other end of that and understand how detrimental that is to confidence and self-worth and not being a part of something and, and not feeling connected and not being inclusive when people are talking about you. So I've been a part on both ends. And so those five things are so important to me, man. It's be authentic, play with passion, practice what you preach, consistent communication, and protect each other. And... Uh, and the day that I just put that stake in the ground, as most founders, the, their company will embody their, their, their own personal core values. And when we did that, everything changed. You know, the right, you know, the right people came on board to work for this company. Uh, the right athletes came on is because we know who we were. And, you, you know, it's that old saying, you know, if you don't, you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. And, uh, and now that we know who we are, you, you can't really accomplish what you want in life. Um, unless you know who you are, unless you, it's the pinnacle. Uh, your values, your vision's got to align to your values. Your goals have to align to your values. Your day-to-day actions, that's where people become unfulfilled is because they're doing a lot of stuff, but it's not connected to that bigger purpose of, of, of who they really are. And, uh, and you and I both know, you, I've worked with people who have yachts, big mansions, a lot of money, but they're disconnected. Yeah. You know, because they just, they can't answer that, those questions within themselves. And so... Um, so yeah, those are, those are my, those are my five values and that I, that, that I want to live every single day. How do you communicate that to your athletes and staff? How do you get them on board to those values that you hold so dear? Uh, two things, um, make it very objective and bold, put a stake in the ground and live it every single day. I think that's the biggest thing is anybody can write down core values, right? How many times... We, I don't even know. We, told, I talk, we talked about this before. I don't even know what the hell our core values were when we first started, right? It was, I think I Googled it. I didn't know, oh, business, we should have a mission and core values. <laughs> like, but I, I don't even know what they were. Um, 
But at the end of the day is that, you know, you can say all this stuff. You can have all these fancy words. But if somebody looks at you in your company and says, you know what, this person, this company, they live this, like, to the T. Like, if I were to say five things about them, I, I would hope people say these five things. Um, and then I, I have a major gap. If my perception is not the same as external perception, then I need to reevaluate the way I'm doing things. But core values, I want to I just mention this real quick because I get this question a lot. And it may be helpful for people listening to this is that it's, it, this is a hard exercise, to do very difficult you know this is not like oh yeah this i like this this and this i mean you I mean you're you're it's so why most people can't answer it's such a difficult you got to really dig deep you got to ask yourself some hard questions what's really most important to you who are you i mean and i had to go away for seven months i lived in australia where i want to be away from every single person after i was done playing sports nobody knew me nobody knew anything about me playing sports dude i didn't even know who i was like i was telling you these conversations i had to figure out who the hell are you? Like football is what you did. Brian is who you are. You don't have football anymore. Dude, you better figure this out, right? And uh, and so I spent a lot of time. And the quickest way, the quickest exercise I have people do is, you know, if you want to get if you want to find out really what your core values are, write down all the things that you know to be true that you for sure do not want in your life. It's the fastest way for you to really light those fires up. Because if, if I ask you, you know, camera right now, saying, dude, Cam, what are the things that you hate the most? Uh, you know, that, unful- that makes you unfulfilled, that pisses you off in life. You will be able to rattle them off. This, 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 this. Then typically your core values are the complete opposite of that. Yeah. But see, we focus on so much of the shit that we don't like and our, takes our attention and our energy. Now, when we, when we shift that energy into focusing on what, who we really are and what we are really passionate about, where our focus goes, our energy flows. So now we start living a life with way more purpose because our focus is on, uh, is on you. It's on your values. It's what's most important to you. Where most people are focusing on, I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't like this. So what do you get? If you focus, you can say to yourself all day long, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. You'd actually become more tired, yeah. right? Because what you focus on expands. So make the shift. Now, to, identify, to get to that, identify the things that you for sure don't want. You don't ever think about them again because you're not going to live them. And that's the quickest way that gets, it, that gets the momentum going for people to really um, establish and create their core values for themselves. Do you do that when you meet with an athlete for the first time? Do you help them understand that objective? Yeah, and that's um, as we dive in a little bit deeper – when we see an athlete. So it depends on where the athlete is. So why it's really important from an application standpoint is I need to know what chapter you're on. I can't talk to you at a chapter 27 in this journey if you're just starting for the first time. It's like drinking out of a fire hose, right? (laughs) Like you're, it's like, you know, hey, I just want to come in here and move. You're like, like it's too much. And so you got to meet people where they're at. And that's what the customization of this program really is, is that we've got a wide range. And I, and I believe that, that, that great coaches have a range. Great coaches aren't just like, I do this one thing. Like they have a range. They, they can take it to certain levels. And they don't stay up here. Well, I'm at this level now. But can they talk down? But, but not down, but can they talk at the level of somebody who's just getting started? Can they get down on your level? Yeah, yeah and make it very simple for them to understand. And then take them through the steps progressively. And that was the biggest, you know, biggest uh it's still to this day, it's, I, I, it's to find a new range. Like I'm uh, maybe, you know, at a seven right now, how am I going to get to an eight? I got to surround myself with people who are doing different things because I can only, I can only 
affect those at the at the highest energy level that I'm at. So I can I cannot coach anybody who's at a higher energy level than me. Yeah. Because they're higher than me, right? So how am I going to increase my energy level? And it's not yelling, it's just being perceptive, connecting with them, right? So it depends on where they're at. And that's why the application is so important because if someone has a lot more experience, then we can dive a little bit deeper because if they're with us and they've been you know, doing this for five years, six years, what's the gap? What are they looking for? They have experience of getting going, but they're missing some things along the way. And that's where it's usually we dive into a little bit more around their purpose. Someone's just getting started. I just need you to get moving. Has there been, has there been somebody in your life that you can recall that's, that's been that coach for you that you are to everybody else here in your gym? Is there somebody that stands out that kind of guided you and picked you up? Oh, I, I mean, um, I've got a plethora of coaches and mentors. Um, and, um, and what I look for in my mentors is, is the same thing from a value perspective. Like, does this person, you know, is this person rocking it in this aspect? So the way I look at, the way I look at my, my mentors is in different categories. Now that maybe so I look at all these different things. Who's rocking it on the financial side? Um, who's rocking it when it comes to, in, when it comes to adventure? Like this person is just like, they take risks. They're like, let's go hiking, let's jump out of a plane. When I look at all these things, right, from an adventure standpoint, from a charitable standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, from a business standpoint, so I look at all these different wheels of wealth, right, from an education standpoint. I want to see who is in my closest arm reach of a distance from a network that I can reach out to um, immediately. And so, you know, and typically we're doing certain things like extremely well. Like there's the one person like saying they do certain stuff, but they're like rocking it when it comes to this. And so those are when I'll reach out to those people because I want to, I want to, and they may be an athlete of ours who's like, you know, that's like our, my adventure mentors are athletes of ours that every year we go on this trip. And we do an RV trip, we're Grand Canyon, Havasu Falls, we do like this crazy shit like over three days, you know? So it's not like they have to be like Dan Cortez. I don't know if you know who Dan Cortez is. This is an MTV throwback, uh, <laughs> extreme sports. <laughs> I'm dating myself right here. Um, but, you know, it's, it's knowing, uh, knowing all those things for one and then finding who's doing it the best and how close is that distance? How many degrees of separation are you from them, you know? Um, Tony Robbins isn't there yet. He's too many separations, too mm-hmm. many separations yet. yet. He will be, he will be a close separation as I continue to grow. It'll become much closer, right? And so, uh, yeah, and I think it's, it comes just with the first off the mindset of, hey, I, I want to be coached. I need to be coached. The only way I'm going to get better is to be coached. I don't have all the answers. Um, and uh, so, yes, I, there's a lot of different people that I have, and my team is what I call them, like my circle of genius, who really helps, helps keep me on. And they're tough. They're they're straight up honest. Yeah. And if you don't want feedback, then don't get a coach. But if you want to get better, get a coach. Right? I mean, it's like we do, what we do. Yeah. People want to get better, so coach is not. It's they're not gonna, you know, sugarcoat everything. They'll communicate in a way that you understand, but they're gonna be. You gotta be honest. Did you have a football coach who got down to your level? And do you remember, like, made an impact on your life? Like, you saw that he, he kind of helped you kind of build, set the foundation for who you are today? Yeah. Um, there's, I'll say there's, there was a couple. There was, I had great coaches, and I had really bad coaches. And I think that's why, I why I'm so passionate about the art of coaching. Because just like I had bad teachers, like my third-grade teacher 
ruined me for so many years. Yeah. As a kid, right? I, I can't, I can't, you know, work through this stuff by myself. I don't really <laughs> like know to like articulate this to myself or all I know is saying, I'm just not going to do it. And, um, but a couple of them, one was my high school coach, massive mentor of mine is still extremely close to me. Um, which really kind of inspired me to about, about like, you know, playing up, playing up a level and, um, and real quick, you know, I committed to UC Davis to go play football. I was going to go there. Great education. I always had, a, I always wanted to play Division One football, and I got a scholarship to UC Davis. And um, and uh, and I, but I was always the thing. I was like, I want to play Division One football. And 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 you know, he was one of those things who really pushed me in the sense of, you know, you got to listen to your heart. You got to listen to what you want to do. And although this seems so great, right? Like the shiny bells and the whistle, it seems like logically the right thing to do your heart is not there. It's not connected. And you have to, would have to walk on, you know, to San Jose state. Um, but I did. And that's the next exactly what I did. I walked on, uh, I turned down the scholarship. I ended up getting a scholarship, um, became a starter, became a captain because I just listened to my gut. I listened to, you know, what was most important. And then another coach, you know, that I look back was extremely important from a football standpoint is that he just knew how to speak my language. Um, now I'm the type of person is I'm all for honesty, but you don't have to belittle me to be honest with me. Um, be honest, be truthful, but there's a level of respect. And in college, I had a coach where I had my best season was because I had the best coach that I had in college um, that year because he knew how to empower me. He knew what language I spoke, um, and it wasn't and it wasn't break me down. It wasn't break me down and belittle me. Some people, some guys speak that language, and as a coach, I have to speak that language. Some guys. I got to get on him saying, you are just freaking worthless right now. And, but it works, right? We know that as, as that's the language they speak. And you got to know that. And it's awkward for me to do it at times, but it gets them going and it's, it fires them up. It's not my language, but I know the language that some, some athletes, and our younger sports athletes, uh, speak. And so, um, so I think that's a big thing is one, the, the coach who really, the, the two coaches who really like talk to my heart and the other coach who really just, you know, talk to my emotions. And because of that, those are the two most successful times I would look at in my, uh, in my sports career. Yeah. I mean, you and I, um, we have like a mutual friend, Michael Torres. We, I, we, I met him over at the Combine 360 yeah. uh, training certification that we had in Irvine about six years ago. And I'll never forget this one moment where we're doing um, some type of conditioning drill where we're running down like 16 meters or something like that yards and then running back you do that three times and you do 18 20 22 and i'm getting to the end and i'm like huffing and puffing i just remember him like just coming up from behind just going just talking to me getting down my level and i'm freaking out and he's just like coaching me through this and I'm, it, it made such an impact on me that made that whole experience worthwhile yeah um and it's powerful, right? The, the language, you know, you because you speak a certain language. Yeah. So he was able to speak that to you. And he may have walked down 10, 10, 15, 20 different people down the line and said it a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, he said it with the same compassion, but he says it he says it differently. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, tell me a little bit about your guys' mission statement here, um, the ethos that you were talking about also. Yeah. So, um, you know, from our, in our mission statement here is, is we really, we really sat back and this is a lot of stuff that just learn through a lot of um, a lot of mentors is understanding what business you're really in, and you know we've always said for a long time well, this is not a gym, 
Um, I used to always be like, don't call me, a, don't call it a gym. Sometimes make it easy in conversation. But it's, uh, you know, this is a team. People are joining a team. But we're really in the business camp of human connection. That's what we're most passionate about. And what does that mean? It means we connect people to their passion, their purpose, potential, and other like-minded people. And that represents a team, right? A team has to have a purpose. Like, that's what a team has. A team has purpose. A group is just any collective group of number of individuals together at the same spot. When I go to Starbucks, I'm with a group of people. But we're not a team, right? We're not like working together to like, guys, let's make the best coffee together right now <laughs> as a, you know, consumers. You know, it's, you know, so a lot of times that's, that's the biggest thing when, I, when I'm, when I'm, you know, working with coaches is, is you got to shift that mindset, like create a team, create that environment. And, but to do that, you have to have a higher purpose of things that you're trying to accomplish. Because when you connect people, one to themselves, I, I can't be connected to you unless I'm connected to myself, right? It's like, I can't. You can't love somebody else until you truly love yourself, right? And that's what's so important is, is when we can connect people to their, to their own passion and their own purpose first, now we have an opportunity to connect them with other individuals who are going through the exact same struggle they're going to, to get better. Growth-minded individuals who want to play at a different level, you know, who, where there's you know, over a million people in San Jose, at 600 of them, right here think the exact same way like operate the exact same which is a fraction right and and uh, and just think about it right and myself included in my own you know family and network it's that's not like oh man everybody in my family is the exact way everybody in all my friends are the exact way not all your friends are as passionate as fitness and living a healthy lifestyle as you are yeah right and so you go and you spend time with a little bit more people in certain areas who are going to ful fulfill that bucket for you and so um, it just became so important to for us to understand what we're really trying to accomplish um, on the everyday experience with people, and and, and to do that, right, we got to get to a certain emotion. Um, with every experience we create, we we got to have an emotion, an emotional goal. We got to have the, in, the right environment that supports that. We got to be efficient in the way we're doing those things, and so um, it just and it's and it's got to be very engaging. What's the engagement level? So we've got these these E's that we look at when it comes to in all the ways of how we're going to get to there, how we're going to support that mission. So whether it's goal coaching with people, a lot of a lot of team drills, partner drills, you know, in our workouts, team challenges, we got to do a lot of stuff together. So you take that synergy and people come in more than just, I'm taking it from you today, Cam. Like, I need your energy today. Like, I'm just as much responsible for giving you my energy today. The only way this works is if you come in ready to – deposit and invest your energy that's how this thing you know fuels itself yeah in football you have a huddle do you guys have a certain huddle or something that you do to like get everybody synced up on the same page and then ready to go conquer the day so what we do is um so what we have before every single class and it's part of one of the things that we go through is our focus of the day and it's basically like our message of the day and um and so it could be anything from an example. Hey guys, as we're coming in before class starts, we're stretching out. Um, hey guys, today's focus of the day is, you know, we lift each other up by pulling, pulling others up, not by pushing people down. What does that mean? Today we're gonna do a lot of partner stuff. Today when your partner gets a little bit tired, we need you to pull them up. 
We need you to uh, lift each other up. When someone gets a little bit exhausted, winded, you're there. When partner drills, you have your partner's back. You're your partner's keeper. See, the big thing for us is that we lead with a message first because the message drives the movement, not just in a workout. Now, it's very powerful in a workout, but in life, right? Like when you're attached to like a certain message of something, but now you get to apply that message immediately. Like you ever been at like a, 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 at a, inspiring keynote or you know conference or church pastors awesome sermon imagine then it's like you know what this is so cool we're gonna apply this right now we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're not just going to understand it we're not just gonna like okay we get it we're gonna truly live it and feel what this message means and so for us is that every everything starts with that now when it comes to the training principles of you know, we adhere, of course, we got to adhere to all those things, right? That's like a given. I mean, if you're in this space, you better be doing some safe stuff, right? Making sure people are taken care of, they're physically safe, they're not doing anything that's going to put them at risk for injury. But if you want to light someone's ass on fire and make them do something with purpose, not just do busy work, not just go through the motion, not just exercise, but train. And that's the difference, right, between exercising and training. Training, you're doing something with purpose. Now, to do something with purpose, it's got to be tied to a bigger meaning and a bigger message. So for us, we start with that so that our athletes understand, here's why we're doing what we're doing today. Here's what you're doing. You're doing squats, you're doing this, you're doing this. But let me tell you why we're doing this. Let me tell you how you're going to operate within today's class as opposed to just, just do the workout and then just get out. So you could say it's a, we're bringing a bit of a sermon into uh, <laughs> each, one of our, each one of our workouts, but... Um, but we know that's what's powerful stuff. Oh, it's absolutely powerful. I mean, I'm feeling like I'm going to go work out right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned earlier that you and I had taken the Combine 360 certification, and we talked a little bit earlier about kind of how that seems like changed a couple things for you. Can you talk about how you changed after that? Yeah, that was, that, that was truly a catalyst for um, stepping outside my box, um, uh, swimming into a, a swimming pool of uncertainty you know in life there's this there's the big piece of the pie puzzle where there's a very little piece that you know that you know and there's more than that is you know that you don't know you know more things that you don't know than you know but then there's this giant piece of the pie that's you don't know what you don't know you're not even aware that you're not even aware of it and that for me was a big thing because it got me out of this bubble of the four walls that I was training in all day long to see what are other fitness professionals like yourself doing or thinking um, or talking about or dreaming? And in situations like that, it was, um, it, was, it was a confidence booster for me. It was a confidence booster for me, not because I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so much better. It was a confidence booster for me. Like, Dude, these guys inspire me. You know, this guy's thinking at this level. This guy's thinking at this level, you know. And once, and once we focus our energy on our strengths, on our you know, resiliency, on our grit and our toughness and our fortitude and our commitment – then it doesn't matter what you do in front of you. You focus on those and, and take it to the next level. And so that's what it was for me. It opened up my eyes to, it got me to, and that's when I really started doing a lot of speaking. I mean, I've done it with clients and stuff, but you know, it, it really forced and pushed me into some uncomfortable situations to grow. Um, and because of that, I liked that feeling. I liked what I was so scared of for so many years to do, I would take F's on, on assignments because I didn't want to show up for class to do my presentation. I don't care. I'll take the F. Now I'm forced to do it because it's part of a bigger purpose. Me speaking in front of people 
and why I'm saying I'm a natural introvert, but it's because my purpose guides me. So I'll risk being uncomfortable because it's serving my higher purpose and my calling for life. And after a while, I, I, I start to embrace that feeling of discomfort because I know that, dude, you're not here to you know, hope everybody gives you a standing ovation and says you're the greatest. You're here to share a message. And if you can help one person's life in here, then you're, then you're living your mission and you're living your journey. And so that for me was just, it was just so powerful. And to see guys doing it at such a high level, um, but that were so supportive, that truly wanted to be a part of something bigger than themselves, which is what I loved most about, you know, Combine 360. It was this very strong, strong supportive community. And so um, it's just a catalyst. It's just kind of like I had, the, I, had the, I had the flame, but that just threw gasoline on it. And, uh, and because of that, it increased my network. And, you know, your network is your net worth. You want to play at a different level? Start surrounding yourself with a different type of different type of people. And immediately, I was able to some of my some of my closest friends, not just colleagues, but some of my closest friends to this day, um, came from that. And I spent a lot of time with who's helped me immensely, and I've had a chance to help them out as well in business and life and hardships. Um, it, it's but it was because we all were aligned from our values. We all we all you know. Uh, came at it with the same intention, uh, the, for the, at least those who stuck around. Yeah, right. In the very be- in the beginning, everyone has their own because it's brand new. So what happens is if there's no, you know, value set like there wasn't in the very beginning, it kind of ran amok and it was all everyone doing their own thing. And then it rebranded, got to a different level, and uh, and you know it had a different type of group. So b- very very big very big part of my journey. Yeah, that's awesome, man got to tell me about uh, peanut butter and jelly day and why you're aiming to feed 10,000 lives right now. So peanut butter and jelly day was a big thing we started um, years ago. It's about seven years ago. Uh, I lived in downtown San Jose in college and every day I'd walk through this park, St. James Park, and there'd be a lot of homeless people in the park. And, uh, and you know, where I grew up, it was a very small town. You just, we didn't see stuff like that. I mean, San Jose was like a San Jose was like New York City to me, you know, from where I came from, farm town to being here. And, uh, and it was just, I just saw a lot of things and it was, and it just really tore me for years, years walking this park. Like, man, this is, these people had some tough goes, like they're having a tough, tough, uh, go in life. And so I wanted to go back and I wanted to give back, uh, to our, you know, to our community. And so we, we started this thing years back, peanut butter and jelly day where, we make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on the third Friday of every month and, and get a chance to go hand them out. And uh, why peanut butter and jelly day was so important to me is because when we had no money growing up, that was the one meal that we could, my parents would make us. And uh, I didn't have the fruit roll-ups or the gushers or the laced potato chips in my bag. It was like your, your, your liquid is go drink out of the water fountain. Uh, you get an apple and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But all the other kids had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches too. So that was like my equalizer. Like, oh, okay, like, you know, I have this. It was it was comfort. It was home. It was still made with so much love. We didn't have much, but my parents still did this every single day. They still provided what they could. So it's just, it just peanut butter and jelly. People have asked that. Why that? Just because it represents home. It represents just a sense of comfort, you know. And uh, and you see it on these people's, on, on these people's face. Um, getting a chance to give back. And, and if we can, if we can, for that one moment, for that one micro moment, just bring somebody a little bit of comfort in some tough times, then, uh, you know, then that's all, then that's, you know, then we're making impact. And so many times we think we need to, you know, end world hunger to have impact. 
like you end world hunger by feeding somebody once yeah and by delivering a sandwich and it's and it's so powerful that you know we're we're on pace to hit our goal this year but to me it just validates the people that are that 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 are part of this community they really get it they get that this is much bigger than themselves like they get not just the team of fns they get the team of life like get the they get being on the team of being a humanitarian you know like making the world a better place and as we continue to grow year in and year out you know 600 will become 6000 it will become 6 million people who are 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 throwing in that one that one that one that one and that's how we have macro change is is operating on on a micro level so it's uh, it's really important but like anything else you got to measure to keep you accountable to keep you on track and uh, so we get a chance to you know we, we we spread these out to a lot of organizations now local organizations um, homeless shelters women's shelters that, that get it that do amazing work every single day spreading uh, their, those resources out to people so um, and part of that is just you know go, like again that goes back to a core, a core value right? like be authentic take care of other people's best interests and uh, and you know it's like one of my simple life mantras it's on the wall right give do be like give more it starts with giving like do more then you'll be more like that's that's kind of the path that follows you know so always start with you know life of living is a life of giving and I, I firmly love it um, want that for myself for our company for our athletes and, and honestly anybody that I have a chance to come in interaction with all right a couple of things here uh, just to kind of wrap this up man I think something that you guys did really well. So I've been following you for, you know, a couple of years now. And I love, 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 love that you introduced this thing called bro sesh. Because <laughs> it is so difficult to get men to come into a group atmosphere. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Um Bro sesh, man. Are you guys we, still doing it? We do it. Uh, okay, cool. We you know, um, we it started actually, I'd say it really started before we opened up here. I I, I still train this group of guys, and it's been over ten years, and they all no um, way, and they all, they're 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 total blue collar mentality guys, and there's one's a CEO, CFO of of this company around here, and they're you know very very successful in their career, but they just bust their ass, and it's because I mean the way they do one thing is the way they do everything, and so started years back, and. Um, and then it just kind of transformed. And so we had this bro session that, you know, like in, you know, I'm playing sports, you know, bro session is different than a regular class. You know, there's like locker room talk, you know, yeah. there's some, there's a lot of shit talking that happens, you're ragging <laughs> on each other, um, but there's no hard feelings, right? You, you're just, you, um, it's just kind of like that. It's like being at a bar with your buddies, but we just hang out at a different type of bar, right? And um, we're throwing one around as opposed to, to drinking at one. And it's, it's, it's amazing, man, when you just have, because I think it's really important. And just like we have bro sesh, we have, um, uh, like our female formula classes, which is for females only. You get a chance to connect with you who are going through whatever thoughts that you have stuff, you know what I mean? You just get to connect with, um, uh, your gender in a different way. And so, um, so, you know, we do one every Tuesday morning, five o'clock, um, <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. And it first started me and like two buddies. One, uh, one was my brother, another guy. We, you know, come and work out. And, oh, I want to come. I want to come. I want to come. We've got twenty over twenty people coming. It's not even on. It's not really even on schedule. It's just because, like these guys are, they're in here. They show up four forty-five, and we just lift. It's literally so broed out. 
we just do upper body and then play <laughs> basketball. It's like our recess. Like it's a bro's recess. That you know? is awesome. Um, it's it's one of those. Uh, I don't. We've got, since we've done that with that group. I don't think we've done legs once, but we all know on that Tuesday we're just it's all for that you know pump messing around. So yeah, it's just it's really cool doing stuff like that. These little things. Um, we'll have them once a week, twice a week. You know, those little things go so far. Um, and it's it's not ju- it's not like it's just a retention piece. To be honest with you, I like it's for me personally. Like I selfishly love it when I'm with I'm training with them, I'm working out with them, and it's and I'm like a little kid. Uh, it's a, it's a very important to me, but it just it keeps that bond strong. Where sometimes that's all you need. You just you know I, I relate it to you just need to go out with your buddies maybe once a week, you know. And it's like if you're dating somebody or you know, you're, you're in a relationship, it's like, I just need, like, some guy time. Or girls. I just need some girl time. You talk, you lift, you do stuff. And that's kind of what it is for for these, for our group. And that's a connection piece. And what we're talking about is back to our mission. We're connecting people, right, to really what's really important to them from the emotional need that they have. Um, and, yeah, we throw around weights, but it's all walks of life in that group, too. It's not like everyone's the same age when they're in their 61 uh, is our oldest athlete in there who probably talks the most shit out of anybody <laughs> and uh, 18 years old. And so, you know, you just get a group like that, a guy who's is, and everywhere in between. So, um, so yeah, it, people don't, don't undervalue those little things. Uh, any coaches out there who, who think, oh, I ought to do this, that one little bit may be the reason why they stick with you for the long, long period is because you're giving them their fix. I love that, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, what is a book that you would gift to other people, to other coaches? What highly recommend a book? Well, before we launch our book uh, here in the next uh, few weeks, uh, The Game Planner, before I would gift that one, before that one goes out, uh, you know what? The book that really just um, spoke to my heart and just it's so dialed in um, would, would be, I mean, one of the ones I read recently over the last, this last year is Grit by Angela Duckworth. I mean, just... Um, and I love it because I, 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 it's, it's something that's just like this way of being, you know, it's not do follow this, this, this steps, you know, it's, it's, it's be a certain way, you know, operate a certain way, you know, operate with such a high level of just toughness and, and, uh, dealing with adversity. And it's just a good, it's a good life book that I highly, highly recommend, uh, everybody reads because like, you know, like I said before, this you know, I'm, I, I'll be the first, I am not the, I will never be the smartest guy in the room. You know, even when I'm hanging out with my little daughter now, for years old, she's, she's, you know, she's a little brainy. I mean, it's just, but it's, that's not what, you know, so many times I used to think I'm not going to be successful because I'm, I'm not, I don't have good grades or I'm not that smart or I can't retain information. Yeah, I have ADD, so I, I this is going to be tough for me. And so, um, but like I said, you use those, you know, you use those struggles to your, you use those struggles to your strength, and having ADD is one of the best things I could have for myself. Yeah. I mean, I just know how to control it now. I mean, if it gives me gives me energy, it allows me to move and shake. I just now make sure the guardrails are right here and not so wide, <laughs> so I'm not you know you know going an inch wide and a mile deep, and I'm able to just you know use that use that fuel to my advantage. Yeah, that's great. I'm definitely gonna have to check that one out. Yeah, you got to read that book, man. If the old you could see the new you, what would the new you say to the old? Oh man! If the what would the old you, old me, or new this what would me say? You, to the, what would this you say to the old you? Um, 
you know, I, I would tell myself, um, I would tell myself three things. And uh, I, I did a talk on this, and it's funny you asked me this question because I, I, I spoke to all the student athletes at San Jose State, and this is a and I and it was a really hard thing. And I said, what would what would I want to know then? Right when I was in college, um, what I want to know when I was in high school, and I broke it down to three things. I said I would tell myself, and I gave this whole keynote speech to the group as if I was having a conversation with myself. I refer to myself, Brian. And uh, the three things were these three G's, right? Number one is, is, is operate with gratitude. Like, just be grateful for this moment, for this coach, for this opportunity, for what you have right now. Um, don't lose, don't lose, you know, don't complain. Don't worry about what's happening next step. Worry just about what's happening right now. Because a lot of times I always focused on the next, the next, the next, the next. It took me a lot of years to figure that out, a lot of years. And I wish I knew this when I was much younger. Just be so present um, and grateful for the good shit that's happening in your life and the bad shit. You, you can't just accept one and not accept the other. Um, and the second one was invest. Take all of your chips and invest them into grit and invest them into hard work and invest them into the things that you control, which is your attitude, your energy, and your enthusiasm. Take everything you have. Don't worry about the rest. Let the chips lie as they do, but take everything you have and just invest it in that, right? Um, showing up early, busting your tail, um, and, and and you'll win in the macro. You may think, oh, you didn't win that one, or this person got this job, or this person did this. You will win in the long term if you just focus on that every single day. Uh, and the last thing was, was greatness. Define your greatness. It's a big thing for us. You know why we talk to their athletes is define your fifth, define your fit, is because there's nothing more detrimental um, in life than looking over the fence. You know, not knowing what you want, taking on somebody else's goals as your own, um, thinking that to be great you have to do what somebody else is doing, and uh, and we're 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 distracted by it. We see it on Instagram, on social media, on magazines, on you know this person's so successful because this. Uh, you know, I'm a hustler because X Y Z. I'm so great because of this, 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 and that's all good, right? But that's for them. But don't compare yourself. Like you got to stay in your lane, and to do that, you got to define what's greatness to you. And greatness to you, you know, may not be a yacht, or ten million dollars, or a hundred million dollars. You know, it, it it could be ten dollars. I mean, it's when you know what you want, and you can clearly define your greatness. Um, you know, I think that's just the one of the biggest, just biggest kind of peace, inner peace that you can have for yourself. And so. Uh, but so much at times at a young age, and I know that and why why I chose those three things. And when I and I'm sharing that sharing that with you, as you asked me that question, as I shared it with them, is because those 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 had a big cost. There was a big cost that I paid for that as a young person. A lot of depression, comparison, uh, little self worth. It's all very self inflicted, and um, and I wish I knew that not just at 20 years old, but I wish I you know. You know, when I'm ingraining in my daughter, you know, at this age at four years old. So, uh, because at that point, that's about, that's, then you're living free. Like, then you really get a chance to live free because you're doing you, you're being who you are, and you're, uh, and you're staying in your lane. Thanks for sharing that. Brian, you're such an inspiration. It's been an honor to sit with you today. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. Likewise, man. I really appreciate your time and I, I love what you're doing, brother. So, awesome, thanks man. a lot. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Appreciate it, man.
that's it for this episode of the Principles of Fitness, everyone. I just want to give a special thanks to Brian for being with us on the show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it, share it with as many people as you can. I'd love to get some of your feedback too. Leave a review if you can. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Principles of Fitness. Thank you.